0: Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Well, we're going to jump into the word again. So privileged to be here. Man, Pastor George is back in town. Come on. Home safe. Continue to pray for him, and Pastor Sue's. Just as we go through this journey, it is just, you know, it's been a battle. It's been the battle of his life for his life. And, uh, you know, it's comforting, I know, to him that we're standing in faith with him. So continue to stand with him. Continue to reach out. Continue to speak words of encouragement. It is, it is I know, um, a huge deal. Um, because this is, this is special. Just the house of God in general, but y'all are, are really special. <laughs> this is a special people. And I know he and Pastor Suzanne, when they had to be away from here, they are. They're struggling when they're away from you guys because they love, love this house. You're always at the front of their mind. once, I mean, it's like Jesus and then (laughs) y'all. So be encouraged. Your pastors love you very, very dearly. And so uh, let's continue to stand together. Well, I'm excited to jump back into this series, Character in Chaos. You guys gotten anything out of this so far? So far? A little something? Okay, I'm I'm, I'm glad. Take it home, digest it, continue to talk about it with your family, dig into that word because God has got great things for us and we need to be about his word and his spirit. And so we, we, we begun, Pastor Ron started us along that path like we talked about last week with Esther and Moses and the character traits and those things that kept them in the purpose God had for them. In the midst of craziness, in the midst of chaos, and then we talked last week about being captivated by Christ and keeping our eyes on Jesus despite the fact that so many other things happened. Just like number 21, right, that bronze serpent that was lifted up. If someone was bit by the serpent, a snake, they were supposed to look up to this bronze serpent, which was what God provided, as a way in which people would be healed. Okay? And just in the same way he provided Christ as a sacrifice for us to look to, but then for us to continue to look to him. And that's what we're going to talk about today, is being captivated by Christ continually. Being captivated by Christ continually. We're going to go to one of my favorite passages of scripture. If you are a young man in this church or who is a little bit older now maybe, and you spend any time with me being discipled, taught, and trained, you've heard me quote this passage of scripture to you for sure. Second Corinthians chapter 10. Verse three through six. Second Corinthians 10, three through six. It's one of my faves, one of my favorites. If I intended on getting tattoos, I'd probably get this one somewhere, but I didn't. I was gonna get one one time and I changed my mind. So any of you who are freaked out by that, it's okay, the Lord saved me. We, we do love the Lord, it's okay. <laughs> Second Corinthians ten, three through six. For though we walk in the flesh, we're not waging war according to the flesh. Hallelujah. (laughs) For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Say amen to that, come on. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. That's a lot in that passage of scripture right there. There's a lot about what we're called to do and how we're called to walk and keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and remain not captivated by the things of the world, but remain captivated by Christ. So we're gonna talk a little bit about fighting a battle this morning. Um, There's three areas I wanna get into, but we're gonna do a good bit talking about a battle that we're facing. And I wanna be as clear as possible um, in that discussion so we realize what that looks like. Sometimes we get sidetracked because the enemy would like to keep us confused as God's people as to what the battle that we're called to looks like. And trust me, it is a battle that you are in right now. Okay? If you thought it was just cupcakes and roses, you picked up the wrong brochure. Uh, guaranteed. If you thought it was just ah, you know it's cool. We're gonna sing that one song and cry, a couple tears gonna drop down here and then we'll just go to lunch and go home and we're good. Now we're in a battle. We're in a battle, and that's why it's reiterated over and over in the Word of God what it means for us to stand as believers in the battle that we are called into. So, as we are on this subject, continuing to stay captivated by Christ, I have what I titled today, The Three F's of Staying Captivated by Christ. I like alliteration. My wife's proud of me right now, I'm sure, because she's an editor and a ghostwriter. So, I'm using literary tools, my queen. Alliteration. Props. She she loves when I just talk about her. Not always. <laughs> the three Fs of staying captivated by Christ. There's three of them: foundation, focus, and fight. Foundation, focus, and fight. So here's the first one: foundation. Keep Christ central as the foundation of all things. Keep Christ, Jesus Christ, central as the foundation of all things. You know, it says in John chapter 1 that without him, nothing was made that was made. Because like we talked about last week, Jesus is the Word, right? In the beginning was the Word, right? And then the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So the reality is we've got to keep the Word of God central as a foundation for us, not other things, which is the temptation. We have the temptation continually to remove the foundations and then put something else in its place. And what's interesting is you'll sometimes see this prophetically in a culture, because a culture will try to do that, right? And that's what happens here with the whole America thing, right? If you, if you were missing it, there's a lot of people calling into question the founding of America as it currently stands, right? Um, lots of ugliness in our past, right? Lots of sin in our past. Slavery, segregation, women were not treated the best, but then again, that was kind of everywhere, right? Women were not treated the best throughout history. Sorry, ladies, we don't get it sometimes, we're dudes. (laughs) But a lot of ugliness in the past of America, but there is a mindset to remove where the foundation came from and try to create another foundation. Um, You can acknowledge a foundation that's there, deal with it, but you really can't create another one if a building remains standing. You with me? Okay. My house is on a great foundation. I watched the whole process. It was fun. My wife and I have been privileged to, to build a couple houses over the years. Um, and it's always cool. The builders in the house will tell you the process. I'm seeing everything staked out there and then the foundation gets laid And and it's a lot of work and a lot of time goes into that because once you're done, like where I'm at right now, we've been living in the house, man, we got handprints all over the walls. My children continue to go down the stairs and do this. I have white. Okay, my house is white. And so my my, my son, two of my, they'll remain nameless, Zachary and Simone, love to go down the staircase like this. I'm like, bruh, girl, sis, come on, can you help me out? That puts a lot more time on touch-up paint day. I was like, I want it to be touch up paint day, not repaint day. But the current state of affairs is it'll probably be repainting day on one Saturday, but, but right now we're not going back to do anything to the foundation. Foundation's laid, Okay. And as it relates to a culture, we can deal with the things that have happened. Right. But there's some things in that foundation that we can't remove. And some of them don't need to be removed. And so we think of Christ being central to our lives. That's what we want to leave in Is Whatever is of Christ, we want to remain in place. That which isn't, man, that can go. But whatever is not of Christ and lines up with him, that's what I'm married to and that's not going anywhere. I don't care who you are. I don't care how many books you have. I don't care how many seminars you have. I don't care if you're charismatic or if you run every news network. I'm not giving it up if it's of Christ. And that's what we're challenged to do right now as believers. What does it say in verse 3 and 4 of this chapter? For though we walk in the flesh, we're not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. So we might be walking in the flesh, we might be seeing certain realities, but we're not going to deal with those according to the natural. We're going to deal with those according to the spirit. According to eyes up, Jesus. According to what does Christ say? That's how we need to approach all those things. That's the foundation that we need to have. Because if not, and we miss out on what did we say last week? Hebrews 12 two. If we're not looking to Jesus, and what does it say of him? He is the founder and perfecter of your faith. Your faith wasn't founded by culture and culture feeling like it was good and acceptable. Come on now. That's not what founds your faith. I'm going to get to a little bit more when we get to the fight section, which may make some of y'all uncomfortable, but it's okay. I'm easy to love, so it's all right. It's fine. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm having fun on a Sunday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it probably makes some of y'all uncomfortable. That's okay. You're, gonna, you're there already. When I heard, I was listening to a pastor who I absolutely love listening to earlier this week. And he said, you might not like the, the language of, of the fight and the battle and, the, and, the, and, and all that we're facing that we see in Scripture and feel like, oh, should we engage? He goes, you're engaged already. You're engaged already whether you like it or not. It's a matter of what, you, what are you going to do in the process. Okay? The question has come up, you know, again now with the whole push for, for, for uh, complete equality and everything. That's another discussion for another day. Um, and what it actually means, equality versus equity, but take me out for coffee and we'll have that conversation another time. Um, but with women, uh, young women being, being um, required to register for select- selective service, right? Because that question's on the table, once again. Um, and this idea of enlistment. And so when somebody is in that position, whether male or female, okay, you've been brought in by selective service, it, it, it's not a matter now of if I'm in the battle. Right, Al, Al goes over here, nodding at me. Like she's been in the service. It's not a matter whether or not, whether you're in it. It's just a matter of where you're going to go now. Yeah. You're in. Yeah. You get your orders. You're in. That's it. You don't get like that. Well, you know, I was kind of thinking I would do this. You in? <laughs> it is what it is. And in your walk as a believer, you're in. If you come to Christ, you're in. So you're in the battle, the the, the question is whether or not you're gonna fight according to what he said, and whether or not then you're gonna appropriate the victory that's been given in Christ, or if you're gonna try to do it on your own. I would suggest, I'm not the smartest cat around here, but I would suggest appropriating the victory that he's already provided, because that's what he wants for us. Because if he's already got it figured out and is in charge, I'm thinking that's probably where we need to go. Again, not the smartest dude around, but I would go with that. Mm, Word of God, foundation. Spoke everything into existence? Yeah, he probably knows. I'm going to go with him. But we have more and more within our culture, which is saying, no, another foundation. No, as one lady wrote a book recently, another gospel. Paul told us, too. He said, if somebody comes to you with another gospel, don't receive it. He said, if even one of us comes with another gospel, I'll tell you that right now. If one of us comes with a different gospel, slap us and remind us what the word says. Be like, well, it's, you know, it's Pastor Ron. Oh, it's Pastor Jamie. It's Pastor George. So if it's another gospel, no, I'm going to tell you from right now, it's not worth your time. Be done with it. Dispense with it immediately. That's not prideful. That's commitment to who he is in truth. We got to stop with these categories that we're trying to have placed on us, which redefine what God's word has already told us. We can't receive them. Because what it does is it removes the foundations. The word says this. If the foundations be destroyed, what will the righteous do? If the foundation is destroyed, what are we going to do? Because there is nothing to go on. Our feet are out from under us. You know, there's a movie. I'm not by any means recommending it, but I know a bunch of y'all are going to watch it anyway. So there you go. Consider it recommended to some degree. The Matrix, way back in the day. Right? The Matrix uh-huh. was a, an incredibly, incredibly done film which showed what it looks like when postmodernism is actually embraced fully. This mindset which is there where there is no up, there's no down, we don't really know. Are we plugged into the network, are we not? You know, What's, what's, what's actually here, what's not? And there's this one scene in the movie where the main character, Neo, yeah. Uh, goes to see this guru, and there's this little kid, and he looks like, he looks like a little Buddhist monk. He looks like he's about maybe nine or so, and he's got this spoon in his hand, right? And he's holding the spoon. of so, you I mean, all have seen the movie, if you're Matrix Junkies, you know the scene I'm talking about. He's looking at the spoon, and the spoon's bending left and right just as he's looking at it. And it's this bizarre you know, sci-fi type thing. And Neo goes to this little kid like, how are you doing that? How do you get to do that, man? What, what's... And, he, and, and, and he's thinking he's going to be like, well, just realize that you have the power in your mind to do this. And he's like, just, you have to realize this. And he's like, realize what? And he's like, realize that there is no spoon. Uh-huh. So that's the mindset right now. It's based on what I project. If I think this is what it is, then this is what it is. That's garbage. I know y'all maybe wanted me to say it nicer, but that's garbage. As my kids always say when they come across something they don't like, that's trash. (laughs) That's trash, straight up 100%. Because the idea that we have some ability to create a relative standard which is shifting means we have no foundation. Jesus already told us what would happen with that if we build our house on the sand. When the the storm comes, hang it up, son. (laughs) Hang it up, because you're not gonna be able to stand because there is no firm foundation. There's nothing which is established. Therefore, there is no way for it to stand. We have got to keep our foundation focused on Jesus Christ. The centrality of who he is and what his word says is absolutely imperative. Absolutely. That leads me to the second one. We've gotta focus. Remain focused on who Jesus is and what his word says. So we know he's foundational. Now I need to really, in my life, practically speaking, what, who is this Jesus and what does his word say? This is like the center of that whole being captivated by Christ and keeping our eyes focused on him and remaining in that place. And one of the things that I want to encourage you today is remember this. When you look at the word of God, okay? When you look at the word of God, it's not what it means to me. I'm gonna let it settle for a minute. It's not what it means to me. It's what it says for me. Meaning truth is not something I kind of figure how I'd like to shape it for me. It is I see truth and I submit to it. The truth is what it is. This is why we see what we're seeing right now in our culture. The, the desire people have is for truth to be kind of adjusted. You hear me talk about it a lot, and I'm gonna continue. The whole my truth, your truth thing, that's garbage too. Get yourself a hefty with the ties. You don't want that thing getting back out. Tie it up to the trash. If you live in Newberry, Mondays and Thursdays. Throw it out. Man, I love having two trash days in Newberry. Any more Newberry people in here? Man. Some other cities need to get on that train. It is good. I've come to rely on it now. But just like that trash, those ideologies and those thought processes, they got to go. They got to go. It is detrimental to our faith in the fight God's called us into. We We can't have that. Truth is that which you've received because it is the truth, and then I submit myself to it because it is truth. And you know what? Even when you don't. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I didn't like that one, Lord. (laughs) I was hoping I didn't have to do that one. So, (laughs) if I could be so blunt. Again, we're talking about Christ, the foundation of all this. So, I'm going to actually, come on now. Let me do a friend of ours who came and taught a men's getaway years ago. Like we could actually stand and say, well, I think this against God. Come on now. Come on. Come on now. Okay? That looks, let me give you a small example of that. That's like LeBron James just showed up and I would be like, you know, I thought I'd play one-on-one with LeBron today. Then you guys go ahead and plan my funeral after I die. (laughs) Who who do I look like? But then we go, us, with our ideology, our finite mind, and we want to put that up against the God of the universe. (laughs) And what the brother said was, he was like, you're trying to put your credentials up. And God's like, I made the world in six days, including you. (laughs) He's like, mic drop, sit down, done. We can't think that somehow we've got a better thought process. On the third point, I'm going to get to some of this and how it's really come to the fore in the last week or so in in a couple of different issues in the culture. But it's in our face, man. It is what it is. It's here. So whether or not we're going to deal with it biblically and according to the right work of the spirit is what's in question. The fight is not in question. The battle against God's word is not in question. The fact that there's unbelievers out there right now who desperately need you to receive the truth. Who desperately need you and me to receive the truth. They don't need like repackaged nice Jesus. Can I be honest, man? They don't need repackaged nice Jesus. That's as good as somebody else with some other philosophy or ideology. What we say in Colossians 2, Worldly philosophy that we packaged up, and it was real sweet, right? And we added cupcakes and some drinks to it, barbecue, whatever. And that was it. If all I have to offer somebody is just being super nice to them, dude, I have met some people who are super nice, who in their personal life and philosophy, they hate God. They refuse the gospel. i have tried. You talk to them. Oh, man, yeah, let's go, man. I mean, until you come up against the idol when you find it. Oh, 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 okay. Until you come up against the idol, which is what always happens. But if that's our benchmark, we can't stand on that. The same pastor who, I was, as I was studying this week and listening to his sermon, he said that. He said, we believe there's an 11th commandment. It's called, thou shalt be Nice. And we we try to make that the top one. Somebody will be done obeyed all the other ones, living out the word. And it's not nice enough according to what you think is nice. And so now somehow not of the Spirit of God? Come on, man, read your Bible. Read your Bible. Jesus ran up on some people like a straight up spiritual gangster. Seriously. Seriously. Like a gospel gangster. <laughs> okay? I got, that, I, got, I got that one from you, Eric. <laughs> like a gospel gangster. Okay? It was not always like nice as you think nice is. Right. Yeah. I mean, seriously. There's some stuff, like my kids will get mad at me. Kylas is right over there on the front row. Kylus is a pretty mild-mannered cat. I love him. He's my boy. I love you, man. The pocket was nice today, though. The pocket was clean. We're talking about drums. But there's been moments where Kylos is not always happy with me. He probably wasn't happy with me one or two times this week if we disagree on something. He's respectful. I mean, he's got arms now. He could probably clock me. He's got the guns out now and stuff. But, he, but, but because of what he's chosen to walk out, there's, there's some times when it's like, ah, okay, dad. I could tell when he disagrees with me and he's mad, but, he, but he's nice about it. He's like, okay, dad. I read you. I read you. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Known you your whole life because you're my offspring. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Known you the whole time, bruh. But we've got to realize we can't reshape. Readjust. Here's what it says in 2 Corinthians 10, 5b, second half of the verse there. And take every thought captive to obey Christ. That's pretty active. You got to take every thought captive to obey Christ. Again, sometimes we get this, man. It's just going to be cupcakes and roses, Jesus' nice beard, and having a good time. The robe feels so soft on my skin. We're hanging out. He's making wine. Oh, look, he made wine out of water again. We're having a good time together. I mean, it's cool. Yes, he loves me and all that. But listen, the truth comes, and it doesn't mean we get an option when that truth comes in a way that I don't like. That truth drops, and it's like, you know what? Get your best Peter on. Lord, where else are we going to go? You have the words of eternal life, so I guess we're going to have to figure it out and wrap it up because you got the words of eternal life. <laughs> so, like, I could pick option B, but option B would probably be stupid and probably end me up in hell <laughs> if we're honest with ourselves. So I better get back to option A and figure out what it is. So, Lord, heal my heart. Lord, help me. And sometimes I just go, man, I get, a, get along with the Lord. There's a word that comes and I don't like it that much. Go for a walk, man. Just begin to pray and just cry out to the Lord, help me. Help me to receive and understand this. Help me to walk through this. Help me to walk through the fact that you want me to go to this person. And what I'd rather do right now, Lord, is just cuss them out. But what you want me to do is go to them in mercy and love and grace. Still full of truth. But go and humble myself and say, I'm sorry. Sometimes it's so hard to say. I'm so glad you could see someday that I was right. (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm, I'm sorry. That's just one example of it. Sometimes we go up against a word that we don't like. My flesh wants to do this. I would like to do that. This is not what's best for me. You guys have the friend comes to you for the counsel. And they don't want your counsel. Yeah. They just want a cheerleader. Yeah. But you know you gotta give that counsel. Ooh, Jesus! It would be so easy to do something different, but I know what you need is this. Mmm, mmm, mm, yep. I could tell you to eat ice cream one more time, but I know you need vegetables. (laughs) I'll have a sip of my water now. We got to know and receive that. Because, again, we want to look to Jesus. Again, we want to look to Jesus. He's the founder and the perfecter. So we got to focus ourselves. When those thoughts come and those thoughts are not of God, take them captive. Every command of the word of God, we are graced to walk out. So when the word tells us take every thought captive, you have a grace to take every thought captive. And do what with it? Turn it to obedience to Christ. We have done a poor job sometimes telling people, well, how do you feel? Well, it's hard, so I don't want to say that because that's hard. Man, I saw... A story, I'm, I'm, well, these aren't totally bunny trails, they fit the story of this word. But I saw a story that gripped my heart years ago. It was a young lady who was, was, was killed in Texas by four football players who decided they were gonna have a time to hang out and have some fun, spring break or something like that, and they were gonna get some beers and go out to this remote place. This, was, see, this is where wisdom comes in. If my daughter tells me that she wants to go hang out with four football players, I don't need a word from the Lord. That's real super. That's super simple. Be like, nah. Nah. <laughs> nah, I ain't going to pray. Nah. You're good. you good. We got pizza coming to the house in a minute. You can stay right here. But this girl ends up hanging out with these boys. They get drunk. A couple of the boys end up violating her, raping her. And in the craziness of it all, because of the wild situation they find themselves in, Due to a lack of wisdom, one of the boys decides they're going to have to kill this girl. The primary kid who causes this scene to unfold. This girl is murdered, and these three other young men are now accomplices to this murder. Eating them up inside, at least two of them. And one finally can't take it anymore, comes forward to law enforcement, gives up the whole story. And this kid is absolutely, I saw his face on TV, I was like, oh my God, he is broken. I mean, like. Scrape me up off the lowest part of the floor, broken. And what really gripped my heart was the family of the girl. His parents disowned him, everybody else disowned him because of the heinousness of this crime, although he was an accomplice. He wasn't the one who committed, he was an accomplice. Again, was set for a life sentence in prison. And what does the family of the girl do? They're believers. They knew he was disowned and they knew that the Lord spoke into their hearts that they were gonna forgive. And they went to this young man in person in the prison to forgive him. And I was like, what? I was in the struggle saying like, my God, I'm literally by myself. I'm watching this show and I'm on the edge of this. Like this is me on the edge of the couch. Like I cannot believe what I'm watching. Not only did they do that, but then because they knew this kid was disowned, they took upon themselves they were going to mentor him. So you know our family, we'll be your family now. To open the word of God with him in that prison every week and, and teach him and disciple him and pray over him. And this kid's sitting there, I mean, he is, He doesn't care. He just tears, snot, everything. And I'm just sitting there gripped by this story like, wow. Because these people chose something which was well beyond what the natural man would say. That's beyond what the natural man would say. And, 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 and come on, you want to talk about truth? They weren't over here arguing, saying, he should be, just release him. He's innocent. It's okay. We understand. Oh, no, he's staying. We'll come visit him because truth is still a reality. You see this? The truth of the fact that justice had to come to him in the system was there. But also the truth of the fact that provision of forgiveness and restoration was available for this young man while he sat in that prison. They're both true, because why? God's true over all of it. They're not opposing one another. Those are still realities. So that's the thing about truth and justice. These things exist because it's God's economy. So there may be, this happens and justice takes place and that's there, but God's truth of what happens in eternity overwhelms all of it. He's gracious and merciful and loving and kind, but that truth isn't left. When Jesus spoke to that woman, what did he say to her? Go and sin no more. Forgave it all, cleaned the record, but he acknowledged you sinned, baby. <laughs> don't do it anymore. My grace is there for you. He didn't come and say, well, we understand is how you were raised, sweetheart. We understand you got some issues and some deficiencies, so I can see that. Why don't you just come hang with us? And and we'll deal with it. No, he acknowledged. No, it was sin. And see, that's what we're told not to do now is to point out this is a reality. This is sin. You're forgiven. There's a place for you. Jesus says, come, follow me. Come walk with me. Come and be embraced and forgiven and restored and healed and redeemed. But it is still what it is. We can't flow with culture, which is wanting us to say, no, this is something different. You know, the real power in us dealing with something, for example, like the issues that we have one with another, whether it regards race or gender, is the fact that we go to the word of God first, not that we make something else up, because a couple of people who are selling a whole bunch of books right now, but don't get me started, got the truth and the solution for America, because they're selling books though. <laughs> the gospel has the answer. So we need to be honest and deal with the issue, but we need to deal with it in truth. What does the word say in 1 Corinthians 13? That love rejoices with the truth. It doesn't keep a record of wrongs, but it rejoices with the truth. So there's an ability for us to receive the fullness of what he says when we'll keep our eyes on Christ and focus on him. And intend that Jesus is central to all of this. And the last one. Fight. Everybody say fight. 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 <laughs> Oh, this thing has been so misconstrued by so many, well, hopefully we can look into the Word today and see what we ought to know. Fight for the faith in all areas of life. Fight for the faith in all areas of life. Verse 5 and 6 of, uh, of, of 2 Corinthians 10, we destroy, whoa, did that say destroy? Let's go back in we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of god and take every thought captive to obey christ we just talked about that one being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete you see sometimes we are a little too nice about the arguments that come against our faith yeah. 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 like whoa, 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 Pastor passage we are seeing you yell. no You're yelling and screaming at anybody we're not fighting people But some of of us are a little too cozy with the ideologies of the world, which mean to destroy your faith. And we can't be. We're too cozy with things that want to destroy our faith. We're being told right now that if we look at this ideology of Christianity and this worldview and this perspective and this absolute truth for all time, and we actually believe what it says, we're on the wrong side of history. We need a revision. Well, if you believe that, then we should probably cancel you. If you believe that, then we should probably not bring our, like, our warehouse from our company to your state. If you believe that, then I don't think you should get service here. If you believe that, I think we ought to take a court case up against you. We're talking we're not talking anything crazy. We're talking the basic tenets of Christianity. Right, right. Yeah. And here's what that same pastor said. You don't have to worry about being offensive. The gospel is offensive enough. It doesn't need your help. That's my plug for please don't be a jerk in Jesus name. If you just bring the gospel, the gospel's offensive enough. Be nice. I mean, seriously, I experienced it myself. I had a friend ask me, point blank, doing a project in college, sitting there working with this, this girl. She was a super cool person. I was telling my wife again the story the other day of it, and she looked at me and she said, hey, because you know, I was not lying about my faith. My faith was out there as I lived out my college life. And she said, you think I'm going to hell? <laughs> <laughs> yep. that's, a, that's a nice cozy question at 9 a.m. on a Tuesday. And I was like, oh, here we go. And you know what I did? I looked down for a second. And I said, here's what the Word of God says. With a smile and with love. And you know what she said to me? She said, wow, I appreciate you being so honest with me. Because see, what was easier... Well, you know, we have different philosophies in the church, and some people are like super hellfire and brimstone, and then there's other people who are kind of nicer. And, you know, you have like the prosperity gospel, and then you have like the, the reform thing, and then then, 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 then then dance, dance, dance. Well, she wanted to know, what is eternity saying? And are you going to tell me honestly? I had to. Truth is truth. And sometimes that's the fight that we're taking up. It's just the simple fact that you will hold to truth and then share it with somebody else, okay? I'm not talking about getting weird, okay? Let's be honest, man. There's all this stuff in this discussion about people in America and the flag and whatnot. Listen, man, if you're not a real Christian, it is what it is. Have some discernment. Like if this person is just like, yeah, God bless America, got a flag, and I hate everybody except the people on my, my block. Then you, you ain't no Christian, man. Can I be honest? Sorry to be so. No, I'm not sorry. I'm being blunt <laughs> about that. It is what it is. If somebody's not walking with Christ, then, then okay, I, what did Paul say? Sometimes we miss this. When he tells us, let somebody be to you as an unbeliever, it doesn't mean cast them to hell forever. He's let them be as an unbeliever, which means they need the gospel. There you go. So, if a brother is in the house, let's not fake like he's not, you know, headed straight to hell on a silver bullet, as they say. Let's give him the gospel. If somebody's out here faking and they're not a real Christian, waving a flag and whatever else, then let's bring them the gospel. Doesn't mean they need to throw them out. Let's just say, hey, you know what? Actually, here's what the word says. And I can say that with love and kindness and grace. And it's going to offend because it's truth. I don't have to practice being a jerk. You don't even need to, (laughs) to offend, you will. Jesus said offenses must come. But we gotta hold to this truth. We gotta stand on this firm foundation. We gotta deliver it to those who we love and those who God is helping us to love. (laughs) Can I be honest, come on. You got those people who are just, man, that's a struggle. Oh. But guess what? Somebody looks at you the same way. Come on now. You're a struggle for somebody else. I guarantee you. Guaranteed. Ask the married people. Some days you're like, <laughs> what is that, the old school thing? Like the whole, uh, You have a room, I have a room. Like when I was, my grandparents, when they were older in Jamaica, they definitely had their own rooms. They're cool, they're still married. (laughs) They're like, you got your room, I got my room. (laughs) Walk in love, Jew three says this. Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints, called to this battle for our faith, and again, the faith—it's getting convoluted right now with the whole: um, you know, are, we, are we pro-America? Are we global? Are we this? Are we that? The faith. Then everything else is subsequent. Whether you got a flag or you don't got a flag, whether you think we're in some kind of world community or whether you think it's all America, the faith number one. And then let's see what the faith, the word of God says about all the rest of this. I'm not committed first to America. I'm not committed first to my race. I'm not committed first to either Chinese, Jamaican, black, Chinese. I'm not committed first to the fact that I'm a man. I'm committed first to Christ. Christ, captivated by Christ is where I want to stay. And we can't let all this other stuff cause us to be sidetracked. We've got to remain focused on who he says he is. And again, and I implore you today to realize, you are in the battle, like it or not. The day in America right now of, of feeling super comfortable because, you know, we're a Christian nation. Ship sailed, guy. It's done. Gone. Gone. I've been talking to business owners and other professionals, doctors, who in their profession right now, they got to determine am I going to follow the Lord or am I going to do what's comfortable? Am I going to follow the Lord or am I going to lose a little money, lose a few customers? And again, not because you're being a jerk, just because you're saying, this is what the word says and I'm not going to transgress that. Spoke with one business owner just struggling because of some particular legislation which looks like it will probably go through, which will greatly impact their business if they choose to say, we're going to live by the word of God. And that's a determination we have to make and trust that he has us squarely cared for and covered. And in the midst of it, we're going to be able to joyfully not only stand on that, but then see some of the people who even hated you come to Jesus. Come on now. Even some of the people who were like, no, we can't believe in any of that come to Jesus. And Ephesians 6:12 says this: for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Our, rest, our fight's not against flesh and blood. But we need to remain faithful as we look into Jesus. my last point for you before I give you a story learn to think biblically about everything learn to think biblically about everything don't buy the lie that you have the Attic Christianity I heard one Bible teacher say there's this place up there We may even make it like a bonus room it's all done up and if it was my bonus room it would probably have a little golf simulator up there for me to play golf watch a movie or something, a little drink cooler, snacks. All my children can just bring me snacks. Come, snacks, children. And they bring them to me. Yeah, man. That would be legit right there. Don't have your Christianity up there in some bonus room that you go to on Sundays. It's got to infect the entire house. It's got to impact every part. From the doorstep all the way through. That's how it's got to be. It's got to color everything. You don't get to package it up and put it aside. And then when your coworker says, well, you know, those crazy Christians believe this, and you're like, yeah. Or do you say, well, here's what we actually believe, and then have a conversation. Instead of taking the easy road, maybe you say, hey man, you wanna have coffee? Since you brought up Christianity, you wanna have coffee, let's chat. What do you believe? What do you think it is I believe? Who knows that that person doesn't come? and become your brother or your sister standing next to you in worship one day. Instead of passing it by, let's not. We had to engage the battle. The enemy would like to, us, to, to have us disengage. We cannot. We've got to engage right now. People's lives, yours included, are at stake eternally. I'll close with one more thing in this story this week. I was amazed to see this article, but I mean somewhat amazed. Y'all know ORU, beat the Gators, (laughs) beat the Gators. I was like, wow, nobody expected that. Oral Roberts University beats the Gators. Well, I was like, wow, cool story. I didn't expect this, which a major newspaper put an article out in which they said Oral Roberts University shouldn't even be in the NCAA. You know why? they're sex trafficking children, beating people, forcing women to do this and that. No, it, it listed a section of a paragraph in their honor code in which it was just straight New Testament gospel. That's all it was. Your faith. Major newspaper in America who says this is archaic, against all human decency, your faith. So I'm not saying that for us to go home and get offended. Oh, we got to protect our Christian ground. That's not it. I want you to understand that the battle is on and it's coming to your doorstep. So what's going to be your response? Is it going to be I plant my flag? You're not coming over here to take my Christianity, or is it going to be, no, come on in. This is what we believe. And let the chips fall where they may. I'm sitting here like, this is, this is NCAA tournament basketball, and here we are. Not for nothing radical, I'm telling y'all. Nothing radical. Read it yourself. Regular Christianity. As in, we believe Jesus is the only way, this is the gospel, these are the things that the Bible says are sin, and are not. I mean basic, none the male Christianity. And that's what is so alarming to this person to where they're printed in a major newspaper in our country. If you think it's not there, it's there. And you know what, for me, It's actually, though it's grievous to see it happen, it's actually exciting. You know why? Because guess what's gonna be able to be front and center now? The discussion about who Jesus is. About what your faith says. About what man's destiny is without Christ, but what it could be if we will turn to Him and receive in all His glory. Al was talking about revival this, this, this last week on Wednesday. Be here on Wednesday night. He's gonna be talking about it again. That's it, us turning our eyes to Jesus. And so I want to encourage you to be ready and engage. Let's not run by. It's easy to run by. It's easy to go home and be like, well, we'll protect ours and just go home. Nobody's going to bother me about my faith and what I think about Jesus and what I think about this society and the whole world. Don't engage. Who knows who is coming? Listen, the Apostle Paul wrote a whole boatload of the New Testament. That man had letters to go kill Christians. But then became a man of God. Who knows who you're talking to? Who might even be hating on you on Facebook, Instagram, or wherever else, and in person at work, that they might come to Christ. Why? 1 Peter 3.15 says this, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy. Always. Being ready and prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that's in you. Always being ready. But how? Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Do it with gentleness and respect. But don't abdicate the truth. Don't leave the truth at the door because it's more comfortable. We're being asked right now to leave truth at the door because it's more comfortable for us to not have the conversation about truth. And I don't mean about every other societal issue. I mean about the eternal truth of what the gospel says. Because any of those issues are going to come under Jesus. The word says this, every knee will bow, every tongue confess. My heart is I want as many of those people to bow now and not when they see Him, because that's not going to be the time. That will be the time to hear, depart from me, I never knew you. We got to see it, church. And us playing wishy-washy Christianity of just be super nice is not going to cut it right now. We got to have a word within us, which we are convicted of, that we say, this is what the truth says. I love you. God wants you to come. I love you, don't play around with all this stuff which the world would have for you. Come receive what Jesus has for you. It is life, and that life more abundantly. Come on, stand with me today. Lord, we're so grateful to be in your house today and we're so grateful for what you're doing in us. And I declare, God, help us to see the necessity for us to keep our eyes on Jesus, to declare what your word says, to walk in it faithfully. And Father, I pray over every family in this house, God, that they will see it. They'll receive it in its fullness, God. The culture would like us to turn from what we know is true, but God, I'm declaring that in this house, there is a resolve. There is a resolve in this people. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm declaring that their eyes are fixed firmly on Jesus, looking to Jesus as the founder and the perfecter of their faith. I declare they're gonna know how to speak the word to themselves and speak it to their family. They're gonna know how to take that and speak it into the culture. And God, we're not concerned with whether it looks really favorable in the natural. God, I'm declaring, like I heard one one, one podcaster say this week, sometimes we take up a fight we know we might lose in order to simply say, this is what's true. God, even like so many of the abolitionists back in the day who stood knowing that they may give their life and that the politicians might say, yeah, whatever. But they stood because they knew people who were made in the image of God, were not walking as they should because of the hatred that was in front of them, because of poor policy, because of death and destruction which came from the sinful hearts of men. They stood because of what was true. And, Father, I declare us as believers will do it today. We're not going to look whether we can get a good argument in. We're not going to look whether if we post this, nobody's going to be mad. We're not going to look to say, hey, let me share this word with my neighbor, and he's going to actually receive it happily right now. But we're going to say, Lord, we go as you go. Lord, we say what you say. Lord, we want to walk as you have called us to walk. And so I declare an abundance of grace in this house today, Lord everything you've called us to do, God. We are excited and joyful that we are in you and of you. But, Lord, we want to be those who hear just like Jesus said to those disciples he sent out, as freely as you've received, now freely give. And so I speak that over us and declare it this morning. Now, Father, I pray over those this morning, God, who have not yet come to bow their knee. And if that's you this morning, we're going to pray a prayer together, and I want you to receive it. And if that's your first time praying it this morning, I want you to come and find a leader and speak that to them, that you have finally given your life to Jesus, that you have finally said, enough, enough of me. I need what only Jesus can do. And so let's pray together this morning. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you that my sin has no power to keep me from you. If I will surrender to you. So I receive your sacrifice. I receive you as Lord. I receive you as Savior. And I thank you for all you're going to do in my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give God a praise. If that's you. If that's you today and you prayed that prayer for the first time, if you're online, and if you're listening later on a podcast or on YouTube, I implore you, I beg you, do not walk the walk alone. This is a joyful thing, but I want to be serious with you for a moment. Do not walk the walk alone. The enemy would like to pick you off, but in God's house, with God's people, there is more than enough help you and to walk with you and build you up, to see you fulfill the purpose he has for you. Satan is no match for Jesus. The world is no match for Jesus. Your issues, your difficulties, the stuff you need to get healed of is no match for Jesus. So if that's you today, don't keep it to yourself and don't walk by yourself reach out to us, Next step at therockonline.org. We want to connect you, we want to embrace you, we want to see you be victorious because we want to put more feet in the devil's chest and see the kingdom of God advance so that Jesus is glorified in all things. So I encourage you, we love you and we want to celebrate. That's more exciting than the NCAA championship and the Super Bowl and whatever else. Eternity with Christ is awesome and it begins now. The Word of God says, this is eternal life that they would know you, the only true God in Jesus Christ, and be sent. So please reach out. We love you. We celebrate with you. And y'all give it up for the Lord and His word today. I love you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.